In this episode, I give you the critical items to look for to help you classify your unknown tournament opponents. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I want to thank you for spending some study time with me. If it's your first time here, welcome to the podcast. And if you're back for more, welcome back, Jack. If you enjoy this episode, and if you learn a little something about playing tournament online poker, please share it with a friend. Just send them to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash tournament players. So today's episode is actually uh, prompted by an email I received from one of my listeners, and uh, Sherry sent it in about two or three weeks ago, but I was saving it until now because it's perfect with my upcoming tournament to talk tournament strategy today. Speaking of that upcoming tournament, it's a $75 guaranteed tournament, America's Card Room, Saturday, November 21st at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's a $1.10 buy-in with rebuys and add-ons. 40-minute re-entry period, 2,000 starting chips, 8-minute levels, and registration is now open in America's Card Room under the Private Tournament tab. Of course, the password. Don't tell anybody, but you can use it for yourself. It's Smart Poker Study, all lowercase. And if you want more information, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash tournament. And then one last little plug, the $297 Black Friday deal for a lifetime Poker Forge membership. Uh, it's going to be open to the waitlist on November 23rd and to the general public on the 25th through Cyber Monday, the 30th. You must get in on the waitlist and become a lifetime member if you want that exclusive group coaching event for lifetime members only. So go to smartpokerstudy.com slash Black Friday waitlist right now to join it. All right, so let's talk tournament poker, right? This is kind of like a Q&A episode. So I received this question from Sherry Cook a few weeks ago. Um, she said, I'm loving your podcast, Sky. I just subscribed and now I'm going through your back catalog and learning a ton. I love playing cash games where I can use my long history with opponents against them. I play with many players online day after day, and this gives me a great understanding of them a great understanding of them that I use to exploit them. But I've just started playing online tournaments and it's really tough because I don't know any of my opponents and it takes a really long time to develop HUD stats against them. Can you help me out? Absolutely, Sherry. I can help you out and the rest of the podcast audience with this one. Oh, thanks for those kind words as well and for subscribing to the show. So it sounds like Sherry and maybe a lot of you if you're cash game players and maybe making a transition to tournaments, uh, or if you're a live tournament player now playing online, you already know how to exploit your opponents uh, in, in those cash games, right? So I'm not going to go into how to exploit tournament players in this episode. I'm going to dive deep into helping you gain quick clarity on the type of player and their tendencies that you're, those players that you're up against, those unknown ones, so that you can use your existing exploits against them. Okay, let's do it. Gambate! What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? So the first thing to know is that your opponents in cash games, they're the same ones as you're facing in your tournaments. They have tendencies and they have weaknesses. They can be loose and play a ton of hands, or maybe tight and they wait for stronger hands. They can be passive and just love to see flops and catch their draws, right? Or they can be aggressive and make loads of bets and raises post-flop. So your reads on players can be exploited exactly the same in tournaments as those cash games that you're used to. 
the only real difference in understanding your online tournaments uh, versus those cash game ones is that you must learn all you can about them as soon as possible. So it's critical that you pay attention to every hand. You got to gain as much information as quickly as possible. And the best way to do this is to watch every hand, even when you fold your hand, right? Don't be distracted by ESPN or Netflix or Twitch or something. Uh, If you allow your attention to be taken away from the action of the hand, you're going to miss out on so much critical information. So ditch those distractions, turn them all off, and just play the one tournament, maybe two, but also ignore those cash games, right? You You are on a tournament focus right now. And one of the great things about paying attention to the action, it also helps you learn things the easy way, not the hard way. So if Bob123 makes a min 3-bet against Susan789, you might read this tiny bet size as Bob is a weak player, doesn't know what he's doing, recreational player, tiny bet size is ineffectual. But if it's showdown, he shows pocket aces. Because you are paying attention, you realize he's a bit wily and he's capable of deceptive play. Susan learned this the hard way when she lost her entire stack, but because you were paying attention, even though you weren't involved in the hand, you learned the same thing that she did without losing your tournament life. You learned the easy way. Alright, so let's first talk about actions of your opponents. You gotta be on the lookout for plays that quickly reveal the type of player that they are. So, which actions quickly help you characterize tournament players? Let's first look at preflop. First is limping, and of course, calling as well. The weakest, most passive players limp a lot and call a lot preflop. They love seeing flops, and uh, because they see a lot of flops and they're just passive preflop, they're probably calling stations post-flop as well. They have a really wide and weak preflop range, and their whole goal is striking it rich on the flop, right? They want to hit those straights, the flushes, the sets with their pocket pairs. The other preflop play to look for, or the others, are the aggressive ones. Raising first in, iso raising, and three betting. Now these are the aggressive preflop actions, and players who do these a lot are likely tight aggressive or loose aggressive players. They probably like to steal in the best positions, and they punish other stealers and punish limpers with their raises. Now post-flop, you want to look for frequent callers. These players call a lot, flop, turn, and river, and they just never fold. So they're calling stations who give too much value to their opponents. Plus, it's harder to bluff these players off, especially on wet boards. Uh, They chase every draw, and they think their top pair or second pair can capture a bluff, and their gut shot's going to hit by the river, so they gotta call now. You also want to be on the lookout for seabetters and razors. They use aggression against you if they think you can find a fold on the flop, the turn, or the river. Now, sometimes you're tired of their raising, so you decide to fight back, and they end up winning all your chips because they just happen to have a great hand. You got tired of all their bluffing, potential bluffing, but all their aggression in earlier hands. Now, when you decide to fight back, they actually have the good hand, and they take your stack. You got to be uh, just be aware of that. That's why players are so aggressive. They want to give off that idea that they're bluff a lot, so hopefully they can catch you when they have the goods. These seabetters and razors, they also use position, and if they have a larger stack, they use that against you by threatening your tournament life. Now, as you're paying attention to the action and you're noticing noticing things about your opponents, you need to take notes on a piece of paper or in the Poker Tracker 4 note editor. Now, I prefer paper notes because uh, for tournaments because it's quick and easy to write them down and refer to them in future hands. 
you must also color code your opponents accordingly as soon as you make a read. So uh, you can color code their HUD or just their player box within the software. Uh, the sites that I play on allow for both. So I'll color code their HUD box green and their player box green within the software. Now, speaking of green, I use these color codes. Loose passive players are colored green. Those super tight nitty players, red. Loose aggressive players and maniacs who just love aggression, love seeing a lot of hands. I give them the orange color. And those tight aggressive, the strong and capable players, they get the yellow. Now let's talk about showdowns. There's nothing better than showdown to totally illuminate the tournament player that you're up against. That's why you should always muck your losing hand at showdown, right? You never unnecessarily show your hand, especially in tournaments. Now, not many hands in the early and middle stages are going to reach showdown. But when they do, your eyes must be glued to what they show. And... In your mind, you must replay the action of the hand. Or, because you're online, uh, you can replay it right there with the replayer. This means that now you can review their prior street actions with their hand in mind to kind of get a gauge of what they value in the plays that they make. For example, let's say somebody shows down Jack-8 suited at the river. Uh, This probably means different things based on prior actions. So, what if the preflop 3 better showed Jack-8 suited? This indicates a very aggressive 3-better who probably targets his opponents really well with his 3-bet bluffs. It's a good idea to think back and make a judgment based on the sizing he used with his 3-bet with that Jack-8 suited. Now, what if the preflop caller in the hijack ended up showing Jack-8 suited? Calling in the hijack with 4 other players still to act, that indicates a super loose passive and weak player. He's not even thinking about the players left to act. He just wants to see the flop and hit a flush or a straight with his suited 2-gapper. Now what if the button open raiser showed jack-8 suited after c-betting with top pair weak kicker on the flop, and then he checked the turn in river? She's probably tight aggressive, so she's capable of stealing often on the button, but pot controls post-flop with those vulnerable top pair hands. And lastly, what if the big blind caller showed Jack-8 suited after he check-called a large flop and turn bet with a gut shot draw, then shoved all in when he rivered his straight? Yeah, totally. He's a calling station willing to overpay for weak draws like gut shot straight draws. Alrighty, after the break, we're going to talk bet sizing and HUD stats. So today's episode is brought to you by ThePokerForge.com, my one-of-a-kind poker training membership site. And for Black Friday, I'm offering the deal of a lifetime. Actually, truly, lifetime. You can get lifetime membership to the number one poker training site online, ThePokerForge, for only $297. It's an incredible deal, and it starts paying for itself after only six months. So to learn a little bit more about getting lifetime membership to the Poker Forge, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash Black Friday waitlist. And don't forget about my $75 guaranteed America's Card Room Tournament on Saturday the 21st at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. $1.10 buy-in, rebuy tournament with add-ons, and I hope to see you there. All right, let's get back to it. So bet sizing is a critical piece of information to think about. If all I told you was that Hubba Hubba Zoe made a pre-flop 3-bet, what kind of player is Zoe? If that's all the info that you had to go on, 
you might say she's probably loose aggressive. And hey, I'd agree with you. <laughs> but what if I told you that she made a minimum three bet to only five big blinds after I open raised to three big blinds? Well, you actually have more information to work with. So now, what kind of player is she? She's still probably loose aggressive, but she doesn't really know what she's doing, right? She's probably a recreational player. She's making it way too easy for me to call, so she's missing out on value with her best hands like pocket aces. And because it's too easy for me to call, if she's bluffing with jack-8 suited, it's never working. A min 3-bet like this is an ineffectual size, and it indicates a weak player. And what about post-flop bet sizing? You can get the best reads here earlier in the tournament before there's too many post-flop all-ins, right? In general, with post-flop bet sizing, smaller bets of one big blind up to one-third pot, those indicate weak attempts to bluff or to block you from betting bigger. So, these are often, or most often, done by weaker players. As bets get larger in relation to the pot, especially one-half to three-quarter pot, these players are hitting your pain threshold with their bluff and their value bets so they more likely know what they're doing. And if you ever see a weird bet size, either pre-flop or post-flop, make sure to take note of it. Combine this weird bet sizing with everything else you know about them to gauge what you think they're trying to do. And if you're lucky enough to see Showdown after one of these weird bet sizes, you're going to know exactly what that weird bet size was all about. Lastly, let's talk about HUD stats and a very important idea, which I call exploiting at the extremes. So because you're an online player in tournaments, you have the advantage of Poker Tracker 4 and HUD stats. Every HUD stat is potentially useful, but the most useful ones are VPIP and PFR. They accumulate with every hand dealt, so continue using them just like you do in cash games. Look for those high and low percentages, and really pay attention to that gap between the two. Even over just 10 hands, VPIP and PFR can clue you into their player type. But the key to that, especially over those small sample sizes, uh, is to exploit at the extremes. So over just 10 hands, maybe Bob123, maybe you see that he's a 100-0 player. 100% VPIP, 0% PFR. This means he's voluntarily putting money into the pot in all 10 of his first hands, with no raising. He's just calling or limping. A mega fish, right? His stats show an extreme tendency towards calling preflop. And of course, exploiting at the extremes, you can use this extreme tendency against him. Let's think about a different stat. Maybe somebody's flop c-bet is 100%, and you look at it and it's 4 out of 4 times. Well, he's most likely c-betting at his 5th opportunity, right? Yeah, totally. So if you're calling this player pre-flop, expect a c-bet when the flop hits. What about another player who has only c-bet 0% or 0 out of 4 times? Yep, totally flop on a c-better, and you can expect him to have a pair or better if he does c-bet at his 5th opportunity. So besides VPIP and PFR, the other most useful tournament stats are fold to steal, 3-bet pre-flop, call pre-flop 2-bet, c-bet the flop, and fold to flop c-bet. These are useful because they're the most common plays and situations that tournament players face, so these accumulate the quickest. And don't forget to exploit at the extremes if the sample size is a bit small. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. 
Play With Me and other Smart Poker Study podcast listeners this Saturday, the 21st of November, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in my $75 guaranteed $1.10 buy-in rebuy tournament on America's Cardroom. Remember, uh, password is Smart Poker Study, all in lower caps, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Now it's your turn to take action and play with me in my upcoming tournament. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. All righty, poker peeps, your learning isn't complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash tournament players, where you can read basically a transcript of everything I discussed today and get links to everything I discussed as well. Make sure you get on the Black Friday waitlist before November 23rd by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash Black Friday waitlist. People on the waitlist get first dibs at the $297 Lifetime Poker Forge membership with the special group coaching. And I hope to see you at the next $75 guaranteed America's Card Room tournament where you can try to use all of today's strategies against me. My screen name is Frisky Misky, so come a-hunting, baby! It is on the 21st, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, America's Card Room, $1.10 buy-in. Password, Smart Poker Study, all in lowercase. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be. 